What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. I am Tim Geddes, joined by the Final Fantasy VII Remake review crew themselves, Greg Miller. Hello. Andy Cortez. Bless Good morning. Adioye Jr. Re- the uh, former former Imran Khan. What's up, Greg? Just a full stop. Andy just said good morning. It's 3.30 in the afternoon, Andy. <laughs> All right, I understand no, working he, from home. He has different. good excuses, though, right? Andy, what's your excuse? Oh, my God, guys. I've had a... Uh, I've had a... A roller coaster of the last 36 hours. I thought this was going to be on Thursday. Tuesday hits. Yeah, Tuesday hits, and I'm like, all right, guys, I can play Valorant all day Tuesday. Wednesday, I have a full day to finish Final Fantasy VII. Sure. I finished playing Valorant close to midnight, around 11.45 last night. And I look at the calendar, and it says, Wednesday is the Final Fantasy spoiler cast. And and in my mind, I go... Well, today's Monday, right? That's fine. God damn it. Like, I just tried to, and then I realized, <laughs> oh my God, I am fucked. I'm in chapter like 14 right now, dude. Oh what do God. I do? Oh, so no. I played from midnight until like eight in the morning. And? And I got to a part, I got to a point where I remember in the text thread what you all were saying, how much time was left. Mm-hmm. So I got to <laughs> chapter 18 at around eight in the morning. I was like, I'm going to try to sleep for maybe three hours and I'll wake up and beat the final shit. And we did it, baby. Hey! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together to talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. You can watch the show live, usually when we record it, when there's not embargo-type situations, by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, just like our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Al Tribesman, James Hastings, Sancho West, Cody Banks, Trent Berry, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Joseph O. Yusuf, and Scott Radloff did. Uh, if you don't want to do that, that's cool. You can watch it later on YouTube.com slash KindaFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, or you can listen to it on your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kinda Funny Games Cast. Uh, today, we are brought to you by Hims, but we'll tell you about that later, because right now, I want to get into it. Final on, Fantasy VII Remake Spoiler Cast. Full spoilers from here on out. What's up, Greg? Before you get in there, do you want a full spoiler why we all look like potatoes? Oh, Discord. Uh, <laughs> there's too many people using Discord right now. So uh, the quality of us is all, all dropping and stuff. But we want to make sure we got all five of us on this. So we're going to take that little quality and video hit so that we can all get you know our voices heard. And the good right? news is I know it, it doesn't matter because I'm the one locally recording this. So I look fucking sterling HD. Like I look, look so good. I look good on your end too, Andy. Because I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm looking at the feed right here, right? Yeah. Like the actual feed that that's going out. You look great. Imran looks fantastic. Me, boy. Blessing, and Tim look just like we put a mosaic filter on us. We look terrible. <laughs> I don't so know we why. look like Final Fantasy VII character models. The rest of you look like Final Fantasy VII textures. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> we look like uh, NPCs that you talk to during the side quest. <laughs> and y'all go oh, wild. Man. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. So here's the thing. We're, it's full spoiler mode now. All of us have beaten the game. I'm proud of you, Andy. You did it minutes before <laughs> the due date but you fucking did it doesn't matter i kind of want to start i want to start there because i know that we all the moment we beat it we're freaking out and we're able to kind of like have conversations with each other you haven't had that yet this is that no, conversation this is that conversation you. well first off i do want to say this uh, during our review i hopped on this on the show and by that point all of you had already beaten it during the the full review and i was maybe 60 percent of the way through and I was not as glowing about this game as you all were. I loved I, I At that point, I was like, this game is really cool and awesome. But 
I still don't really see why everybody's like, this is like top JRPG. And then like an hour later into continuing that gameplay, I was like, I was crying multiple times. My heart was just like fucking killing me. And then Cloud holds Tifa. Like, Jesus, dude. I was like, this is incredible, dude. That's one now, of three scenes, by the way. This game is this fucking is, incredible. Wait, what do you mean it's one of three scenes? Can talk that can well, be either Cloud, oh. Aerith, or I guess Barrett. I haven't seen the third scene yet. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, yeah. what? What's, that's changed, the thing. I don't yeah. know what he's talking about when he says Cloud so, hugging Tifa. The scene before you go get Aerith in the Shinra building, mm-hmm. it can, and you go out to the flower garden, and there's somebody standing there at night. It is either Aerith, um, uh, a, like a imagination version, or something. That's what I had. I had, I had oh. Aerith as well. Or it's Tifa, and she's crying, and you're trying to like console her. I or there's a third one I haven't seen yet, which is, I assume, Barrett. But you hug Barrett. I, I had Tifa. I had Tifa. And yeah. he's standing there, and Tifa is like bawling her eyes out and she's just like she's it's losing an emotional it. scene yeah it's so emotional and then that that the hug where like just cloud opening up like that Fuck, i wish i got that scene. i was tears in my eyes like i was like this is incredible dude uh but yeah it's, i beat the game and i a, a lot like uh like greg and bless I, i'm like all right there's some confusion here but still i think this is incredible like <laughs> The the cutscenes, the way everything leads up, the hype, it it was so relentless in. I, I was it was so relentless in in what they were trying to do cinematic wise, mm-hmm. but they just kept on introducing new and impressive enemies, and I I think that's where I'm really ultimately super impressed by this game is like the the, the last five hours of the game you there's so much variety in bosses. And like I, I just expected, I, I guess I get to a point near the end of a game. And I'm like, all right, where where do we see them phoning it in? Are they going to rush this? Is this going to be like kind of phoned in? And a cool boss after cool boss, awesome interaction, awesome uh, um, fight mechanics. Like it's just it was so good, dude. This game is so great. The end of this game, <clears throat> I totally agree with you. Just You're from choking like the game up, from uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. From a gameplay standpoint, of uh, like the the bosses and the end game type stuff, it's like it really does have a nice pace of just ratcheting up and being fun and entertaining. But from a fan perspective, like the entire game has great moments and like nods to things. But the once you get to the Shinra building, I feel like that for me when I was just like, oh my god, this game is way more than I could have ever asked for. Because Imran, you can attest to this. Like mm-hmm. the love and care that they gave into the original Final Fantasy VII story in the Shinra building, but then expanding on it. The whole thing about Neo Midgar. Neo Midgar is one line in the original game. It gets mentioned like, oh, we're going to build Neo Midgar, and that's it. You kind of just have to put things together in your head. The way this game did the whole museum of bringing you through the Shinra, introducing you to the elements, doing that whole crazy planetarium thing of showing what Neo Midgar can be, did I was you like, uh, catch the Final Fantasy X reference in that museum, by the with, way? With fucking the, the Shinra guy? Yeah. I, I read up, I saw the picture of this. But, like, so for you guys, this there's a, a long-running, like, Easter egg that uh, in Final Fantasy X-2, there's a character named Shinra. And it's like, oh, is this tying it to the Final Fantasy VII universe? Because, as we know, Final Fantasy games aren't tied to each other. So that would be unlike anything we've seen before. Um, and the directors and producers of the game are always super James Gunn about it, where it's always just like, well, there's Easter eggs that aren't confirmed, and maybe this, maybe that, and in other interviews, they're like, oh, totally, and then in other interviews, they're like, not at all. 
you know so it's like who really cares but in this remake that character is in Ooh. uh something in a photo yeah, yeah. Oh. is it like right after that they showed like that movie of this is what the, we think the engines were like and it's like that's final fantasy X's world yeah oh totally. shit this is not it's not exact it's not like but it's, it's, it's close exactly enough it's like close it enough, looks yeah. like all the spirit stuff man. it's what like, an interpretation I, would be if you like what we think dinosaurs worlds were like we don't exactly know. were they talking exactly. were they wearing clothes the jury's still out i think and, they wore uh, khakis greg sure flannels <laughs> and then imran we in in shinra when we see the shinra guards and stuff and then one of them is clouds boy uh yes. Kutzel, right Kutzel. he was zach's best friend Z- in, yeah in crisis core yeah. It's just like there's these little things that totally don't matter. They didn't interrupt your enjoyment of it, not understanding it. Oh, but no, like, not to all. me, I was just like, this is so fucking cool. But yeah, it just expands it expands everything so well. And getting towards the end, it like when you get into the final boss fights and the final moments and all the Sephiroth stuff, it's like, holy crap. Like they're not only giving us the highlights of the end of the original Final Fantasy VII game, they're also giving us the highlights of the end of Advent Children. And the end. it's like kind of all the best most hype moments just delivered back to back to back and when you're finally defeating sephiroth and there's the cutscene of the whole team together one by one doing their fucking shit to take down the the whispers as clouds running through i'm like let's go it's incredible dude i was just like blown away like in many moments just goosebumps tears in my eyes and i totally get why you all were so high on it during that review like again i liked it at that point of where i was Mm -hmm. but i hadn't hit jesse dying i hadn't hit uh fucking biggs and like dying but not any of that stuff on the climb up you know i i i wasn't there yet and dude i texted tim i was like like what this is crazy yeah. like that was, that was the part where i messaged you guys like it, it was actually it was the chapter where jesse dies and you go on and you're you reach the top of the tower and you fight the helicopter and all that stuff at the end of that chapter that's why i texted you guys like yo this game is this game is wild uh because like that was the that was the turning point for me where i was like i went from being like this game is pretty excellent to me being like oh no this game did something this game worked yeah <laughs> like yeah. me me feeling for jesse me like being so sad when jesse died uh, in the tower, and me like sitting there being like, "No, don't do this! Don't do this to me! Don't, don't do fucking this. do like, this to me, man!" Exactly like yeah, they double, pulled like, it off. Double tragedy too, because Jesse's parents lived above the plate, so they would have died too. Oh so fuck! Both, yeah, both of her entire family is wiped out in that one moment, basically. Yeah, wow, that's a that's a good point, dude. Oh, that really fucked me up even harder. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, <laughs> not her bedridden dad. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying this uh, in the review, but like they made uh, Biggs and Jesse like characters yeah. that like we legit really give a fuck about, yeah. and like I, you know, Jesse was definitely my favorite of all of them, and her dying like as the moment was happening, I was kind of like, this isn't hit me right, like this isn't. Like it, I, I know that I'm supposed to be feeling something right now, but I'm kind of not. But the moment they do the like the pounded thing, I was like, I'm legit tearing up now. Like I am, yeah. there is a real tear on my face. These fuckers got me. And even with with Biggs, like him going out, like I played the original game, I knew what was happening. So when we yeah. saw him die, I was like, I know we're floors away from Jesse dying. Like I don't fucking want to deal with this, dude. But it, at it the hit end me of the because, game. Like, I was gonna hit me because I didn't see that coming. Like I didn't know that happened. I thought they were gonna get out fine. Yeah, I thought they were not gonna. I didn't think they were gonna die. Yeah, I was. That's awesome. Like, I was like, oh, surely like these characters will, will live because they introduced these characters. These characters have awesome moments. And even as I've been replaying parts of the game, uh, like re- being reintroduced to Jesse and having having those moments with her again, I'm like, man, this ca- this character is so awesome. 
And so when you finally hit that moment for me as somebody who didn't play the original Final Fantasy VII, and you're like holding her in your arms, I'm like, certainly this isn't how it's going. And yeah, that's how it went. And I was that like, was, Jesus. That was actually the moment I started having suspicions about like, okay, these ghost things are not just a flourish. They're yeah. some, they're trying to do something with this because they were when Jesse was like throwing that final bomb against the the plane that seemingly killed her. It was like, why are they just standing there watching? What's the point of this? Why are they just standing over Biggs? Because Biggs and Wes- Jesse had died in the original game. So I knew it was coming, but why would they make a point to show that? So they started getting a little bit more overt. And uh, tell me, Tim, are we talking about Final Fantasy VII spoilers in general or just the remake stuff or just Midgar? I want to. Andy, what's your question? So these goddamn whisper things weren't even in the original? Okay, yeah. so... That's where we need to start. Is some, People are watching this who have need, never yeah. fucking played any of this, like me. And I, just, exactly. I, just, I, I me and Jen immediately called Tim, and we're like, what the fuck just happened? Here's, here's what I want to do, is from here on out, it is full spoilers for the entire Final Fantasy VII world. For the compilation Final Fantasy VII, the original Final Fantasy VII, and for Remake, from here on out, everything's fair game. If you don't want to listen to it, you're listening to the wrong video right now. Imran. I feel like you are the the utmost authority here on when it comes to the the, <laughs> the story of all this stuff and how how it all kind of relates to 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 everything. Can you explain the ending of this and reference anything you need to from the other other games? Okay, so throughout the game, there are those whispers that show up, and it does seem like they're trying to you know kind of keep things on track for Final Fantasy VII, like the way that remake original or that first game originally went. But it starts getting more overt as time goes on. And there's that part where Hojo just says, he says to Cloud, because Hojo would know, you weren't a soldier. And then starts, it gets taken away by the whispers. And like that, at that point, it's like, oh, this is obvious now. They're trying to keep Cloud from knowing. And then Red 13 just outright says, yeah, they're, they're trying to keep fate on track. As, at the, as the game ends and as it appears that they killed Wedge or made sure Wedge died, because he did die in the original, they're is the moment where Aerith goes, yeah, fate is trying to keep us on a certain track. I think we can stop it. Then you go into a portal that seems to be a parallel universe or different Midgar, essentially, that Cloud, Tifa, Aerith, and Barret managed to defeat fate and then fight Sephiroth. It's not super clear at the time why Sephiroth is there, but everyone starts getting visions of like, for example, a black-haired soldier named Zack trying to fight soldiers and say, like, oh, the, the price of freedom is too high or something like that. Then they get reverberations once fate is dead. It's like, wait, did Zack survive? Which he's not supposed to do because that was the end of Crisis Core. The, the interpretation I got from that ending was that Sephiroth has either traveled back in time or come to a parallel universe to enact his actual plan. And you guys just stopped fate. So now you can't. Now he can actually win. So it's no longer a re. It's basically okay. the t- the title is not remake part one for that reason. Is because it's not a remake of Final Fantasy VII. It's a remake of the timeline. It's literally Final Fantasy VII colon remake. So okay. pretty much anytime the whispers are there, they're trying to stop you from changing the original course of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So whispers so, weren't in Final Fantasy VII. Period. Not no. at all. Okay. Yeah, not at all. So when when you defeat fate at the end or whatever, things are changing and stuff. So Zach, the black haired dude that uh, that you see that ha- that looks like Cloud, that has yeah, a- I was like, who's this guy? What's going on here? So <laughs> it, this is now spoilers for the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, okay, he- let me take hold on. 
He is originally originally revealed what pretty late game, like mid game of uh, Final Fantasy VII. It's revealed that Cloud's memories of being a soldier, first class, and all that stuff. He's actually he thinks that he is Zach. His yeah. memories are Zach's memories. And he is like like little tripping liquid out. solid stuff going on here. Kind of, it, it's kind of like that. He just he never himself actually hit soldier status. Yes. So that's why Hojo, the scientist, knows that because he's like, no, you're not, you're not a fucking soldier. Oh, like, see, I was waiting for the line of, you're not a soldier, you're the soldier. And I was like, oh fuck, he's like, this. he's like, like the fucking main... predator handshake. <laughs> like, Go get him. <laughs> but also gonna in... cut like some good lines towards it, like Aerith, for example, Aerith was Zach's girlfriend. Like back in Crisis Core, and that's his backstory. When you first meet Aerith, the reason she likes Cloud is because he's wearing Zach's clothes. He has Zach's sword. He, or she remind, or she's reminded of Zach. And, and she yeah. like asks him at one point, like, "Hey, do you know any other soldiers?" He's just like, "No, I don't remember. Like, I don't know any. They're not my friends or anything like that." Because mm. she wants to know about Zach. That's her whole. They, they kind of get romantically linked because she thinks about Zach more than she thinks about Cloud. Yeah, there, there's so, a it, line. So, I, I was just I was just playing actually this scene where it's Cloud and Aerith and they're in the playground and they're about to go to uh, not Wall Garden uh, yeah. or is it Wall Garden? Wall, Wall Market. Wall Market. Wall Market. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, and they're about to go to Wall Market or whatever. And uh, they're talking and I believe it's Aerith who asks Cloud. Or no, it was a Cloud who asks Aerith. Somehow the the topic of you look like somebody who I used to love or you look like my the first guy I used to yeah, love came that's up that. and. Uh, Cloud's like, can you tell me, do you know their name? I might know them. And as Aerith is saying it, Cloud like gets like the headache thing and like yeah. it's blocked out. Does that yeah. also have to do with timeline stuff or is that like just a completely different thing? No, it, he was met pretty messed up. So basically Cloud and Zack fought Sephiroth at one point and lo- or didn't lose. They theoretically killed Sephiroth, but they got captured and they got experimented on together. So, so in, the, in the original, in Final Fantasy VII, there's the, the reveal and kind of flashbacks that happen of Nibelheim, which is the town that Cloud grew up in, where Cloud is now, he's left that place, he's trying to become a soldier, he wants to be a war hero like Sephiroth, who's kind of this, like, known dude, he's very, like super famous for being a badass. And so Cloud and these young boys are like, I want to be like Sephiroth, like, that's what I want to do. So they all try to be soldiers. Cloud doesn't uh, hit the, the ranks or whatever and can't do it. But Zach does. Zach and Sephiroth get sent on a mission to go to Nibelheim for some stuff. Zach or Cloud goes with them just as kind of a Shinra grunt, like one of the random dudes with the machine gun that, that you see in the game the whole entire time. Then um, when they get there, there's like a Mako reactor or whatever, and um, Sephiroth starts going crazy and like it's all the Genova stuff and like he's like mother reunion, like all this weird fucking shit. And Zack and Cloud kind of team up to take him down because they see that he's going crazy. That's when Sephiroth burns the city down, the town down. Like that iconic shot of Sephiroth like turning away with the flames. Got he's it. burning down Cloud's hometown. Got it. Okay. And in that, in the, so as they're realizing like, oh, fuck, this guy's crazy. They, they like push him down into a Mako reactor. But the, like Cloud gets Mako poisoned because there's too much. You know how in the remake they keep talking about how... Uh, His eyes... His eyes. The, the eyes and all that stuff, and it's just like, like it's, it's too much. It's kind of like Metal Gear Solid 4 where like, eventually it's going to fucking kill you. Yeah, gotcha. okay. Like, it's that type of thing. So it starts poisoning and fucking him up. So Zack takes Cloud, who's kind of like super fucked up, and that's why he has all these weird amnesia things of thinking he's Zack. It's because he's like poisoned and fucked up in the yeah. head. 
and his last memories are Zach saving him. So Zach takes Cloud That's and is like, is, is literally like taking him like through a whole bunch of different places. They get in a truck, they like go super far and they end up outside of Midgar. And then this is all in Crisis Core, which is the PSP game that kind of mm-hmm. like Crisis Core essentially is the flashback of the Final Fantasy VII original game expanded into an entire thing. And it ends with thousands of Shinra soldiers around uh, Zack ready to take him down. And they all start shooting him and he's just like fucking them all up. But it's like, you know, su- it's super epic like anime stuff where it's like he's taking him down, but he's getting bloodied. He's getting all fucked up. And it ends with him dying. Like he gets shot. He's bloody. Cloud comes up to him and Zack gives him the buster sword and says, you're my living legacy. I need you to go. And so the game ends with Zack dying, Cloud taking the buster sword to Midgar, and that starts the original game. So that gotcha. starts even the remake when he gets on the train and they, the right. avalanche stuff. Mm-hmm. So essentially, in this remake, what we're seeing is when we see Zack get up and he's like, oh, that's all of them? Yeah. It's showing that it's a parallel universe where he doesn't die. He kills them all. Yeah, the br- the branches, Greg. Yeah, the exactly. Branches. The timeline branches. But yeah. so then it's a parallel. You say it's a parallel universe. You're saying the one that we're playing is a parallel universe overall, Maybe. or this? It's, okay, because then they do the thing where they like- ghost walk past each other, and I was like, I think I understand that now it's different. But do they know? Does Cloud know that Zach's alive? And where does that? Okay. So now was the time for me to talk about anime. Because I love you guys so fucking much. Let's hear, it. Let's hear it, baby. We want to talk about Rebuild of Evangelion. Which Andy, is make, make a shirt right now. Now is the time for me to talk about anime. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of years ago, Hideki Anno made a, like, you know Evangelion, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's a, mm. fair, it's a fairly famous, like, kind of mind-fucky series about ro- giant robots and religion and all that stuff. They never really completed it the, right, the way they wanted to, and Hideki Anno always said he re- didn't like the fact that they couldn't finish it correctly so they made an ending movie but then they started making new movies that they said like well this is gonna be a remake we have new animation techniques we have new voices we have like better a better sense to like put it in theaters and stuff like that so they make a first movie that is almost exactly the same as the original series uh-huh. then they make a second movie that at the end starts diverting a little bit then they make a third movie that's like really fucking off the rails and i think like that is what kind of influenced this game totally like, going Okay, everyone's expecting us to just make a five seven remake, and to an extent, that's that's cool, but it's also a little boring. So why don't we just fuck go and go go off the fucking rails ourselves? And that last final chapter is them going, yeah, we're not beholden to this anymore. Okay. We're making our own Final Fantasy game. It's cool right now. shit. Yeah, because like so the final line of it is the whole uh, the, the untold journey. The untold journey will continue, and it's yeah. just like let's fucking go because it greg i'm with you where them walking past each other that was just parallel universes of like what could like i don't think that was a literal thing i think that was just more like showing it for the audience but what doesn't make sense to me and imran we were talking about this a little bit Mm -hmm. is after watching this i went back on youtube and watched the ending of crisis core and like a bunch of shit just because like i was like i'm so fucking into this but what doesn't add up to me is the timeline of what they show zach doing here where Zack is, he he fights off the final guys, he survives with the Buster Sword, he gets up, and then he sees the explosion caused by our crew and remake fighting the the fate or yeah. whatever, right? That yeah, timeline yeah. just totally doesn't add up because it's real confusing. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. Is it possible I, that that's the universe this Sephiroth is from? I don't. Yeah, but like Sephiroth at this point has nothing to do with 
like what I'm saying of like because the, the problem is yeah Zach, they, at that moment it's on the way to before the that or whatever beginning of remake it's days before it. Oh, days. Before. Oh, oh, my apologies. Okay, okay, okay. Right. So that's like the that would be no, like because that they were they were captured in Nibelheim for what three years. Uh -huh. Tifa, by the beginning of Final Fantasy VII, has been in Midgar for five years, and she was part of the original Nibelheim prop like event. Yeah. So it would have been mm. still another, another. I think Cloud took some time to like recover in Midgar, like, and then started mercenary work. Hmm. But still, the timeline doesn't really. I don't I mean, think. It's, yeah. I think exactly. it was just like a thematic parallel. It wasn't necessarily like a this is happening at the exact same time kind of thing. Because when he does look at Midgar, it, it's not the normal Midgar. It's a different looking Midgar. Well, but there's also by the fate, right? I think so. Like, so there's a th part where they show the Zack thing, and like they take a a bag of chips flies by, and it's like just a a very incidental image, but they stop in on the logo of the chips. Otherwise, that is completely no, not notable. Except the chips has stamp on it. The dog the they refer yeah, to in multiple yeah, parts yeah. of the game. The avalanche in, thing, right? No, uh, Shinra thing. But uh, in the, avalanche was in, using this prop uh, as to reverse the propaganda, that, so that they that's what, yeah, knows okay. was pointing where to go. In the Zack flashback, the picture of Stamp is a Yorkshire Terrier. In the F Seven remake, every time you see Stamp, he's a beagle. I fucking love you, Imran. Isn't <laughs> it's that great? Awesome. Though? Yeah, like that's so, why they like they showed up and to show this is a things are similar, but they they're different. Like this yeah, is a cool. different world. So it could have been a different time when he came there. Okay, interesting. Okay. I just like that's still it just seems off to me because it's like that's. The, the rest of the game kind of like played out as if they're parallel timelines that are all happening at the same time. But that is just like those incidents just weren't at the same moment. Right. So it's and like if, if they didn't like, have if they didn't show the explosion, I'd be like, OK, cool. If this is a time traveled Sephiroth, he doesn't necessarily have to be from this world. But this Sephiroth based on what he was saying to Cloud at the end, he's like, you have seven seconds to breathe or something like that. So cool. But like that, <laughs> like I don't even know what it means. Yeah, I had no so, idea what the fuck that meant. That <laughs> but it seems like he knows what's up. He knows what's going to happen. But even even the ultra powerful Sephiroth from the original Final Fantasy VII, throughout most of that game, should not know what's going to happen until they actually happen. He doesn't have like future powers. So yeah. it's still a question of like, is this a Sephiroth who's already been through all this stuff and already knows that Cloud is going to beat him, and thus he has to lure Cloud and the rest of them to defeat fate for him. Hmm. Interesting. Because now that now he has a chance, because now it's basically unwritten. So with he fate, can do with he fate dead, he he has sort of an open, uh, an open, a, a blank canvas to do whatever he wants. This yeah. is yeah. his only chance at winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I, I. I. When we are in that final battle against Sephiroth, and then Aerith pops up and is like. I'm here to help or whatever. I'm like, oh fuck, she's gonna die. Like right. I just thought she would like I thought this would end with her dying. Because mm -hmm. that's that the that's the little only that's the only spoiler I know about Final Fantasy Seven. Me is too. That like the point, most like, famous like, video game death dies. of all time. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe she does in this game in this moment, but yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's such a Darth Vader, like, I am your father thing, where, again, I never played Final Fantasy VII, but I know you that Aerith dies. At, <laughs> I know the girl with the, in the red dress dies at one point. You know? yeah, yeah, that's exactly. when, 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 like, Barrett was killed. I was like, what the fuck? No, that's me too. So yeah, so Barrett does not die in the original, and you can tell because the Whispers bring him back. Yeah. Right. And also, like, that means that Sephiroth is fucking with that, that was the moment where it's like, oh, it's Sephiroth and the Whispers, they're not on the same side. Yeah. Because if he's doing a thing that they're immediately fixing, then he's trying to test how far he can push it, too. That's so cool. Hey, man, this is I, some nerdy-ass shit, but... Uh, so, Advent Children, right? Mm -hmm. It takes place after Final Fantasy VII. Yes. 
And, and even even there, that gets a little bit weird and dicey because so for you guys that haven't played the original, Final Fantasy VII ends with Meteor hitting the planet and like fucking things up. And um, it, then there's like it literally just says 500 years later, and it's descendants of Red Thirteen kind of just no, it's running. actually Red Thirteen. Oh, is it? No, he he's, he lives a long time. You can see on the you can see the tattoo on his. That is actually him. Oh, well. Yeah, okay. Either way, there's like there's there's multiple of those animals running, and then they run up to a cliff, and they're overlooking Midgar, and like it's like overrun with like grass, and it looks super Last of Us. Nature's taking it back. And... Yeah, so like I I don't I didn't interpret the ending the same way. Like I don't think Meteor hit. I think Lifestream stopped it, but Lifestream just kind of took the planet back after that point. Yeah. So then, yeah. uh, in the original game, though, it's kind of like left, and then then credits roll, and like mm-hmm. that's it. That's the final scene you see. So in this game, when you're fighting off the fate thing, and it's shooting all those like lights through the people, and then yeah, like there's like, like visions that they're getting. That was one of the visions, and that's when Barrett's like, like what the fuck was that? And Red's like, that's what happens if we don't win today. So it's yeah. like pretty much saying like the end of the original game is not what we want. Got it. There's, so Tetsuya Nomura directed this game. I think there's been a between this and Kingdom Hearts, it's pretty obvious he kind of hates working at Square Enix now. Because <laughs> like Kingdom Hearts is essentially at this point a weird, like ransom message from him about how pissed he pissed off he is about <laughs> Final Fantasy versus thirteen. Because like Tim can tell you, the ending of Kingdom Hearts now is just Final Fantasy versus thirteen. Like it's literally just infecting that game. Yeah, this so Kingdom Hearts game. literally did something similar to this where it ended with a huge fucking twist that's like, wait, what? Which essentially spoil, is... Spoil it. Uh, yeah, but so spoiling it there is like Kingdom Hearts, and now Kingdom Hearts spoilers, everybody. Um, but Kingdom Hearts 3 ends and it has a secret ending. And usually Kingdom Hearts games have a secret ending that are like really hinting or directly telling you what the future of the franchise is going to be about. It's, it's kind of like a MCU post credit thing. Sure. And um, this one is... You face off against a character, okay, in Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, Tim, we're prepared for the bullshit. No, like, trust what me, is Kingdom Hearts it's not 3? bullshit. This is this is this is pretty easy to understand. It's just okay. funny how many levels it goes. So in Kingdom Hearts, they go to the Disney worlds, right? In the Toy Story world that they go to, they go to a toy store. In the toy store, in the Toy Story world of the game, there's video games. Of course. It's popular video game and all the toys that they're fighting are based off this video game i forget the name of it imran ah uh, yeah i forgot too i just remember the name character's name it doesn't fucking matter it's yeah. final fantasy versus 13 yes <laughs> like that is what the game is it's called something else but you're the rex from toy story is obsessed with this fucking game and he thinks that sora is the main character from that game because guess what they look similar because that's what kingdom hearts does but then at the end of kingdom hearts 3's dlc that just came out the final boss fight the secret boss fight is against this video game character which is like 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 the noctis basically what noctis became yes, yes. From 15? Okay. And if exactly. you lose, they just show the trailer from Versus 13 with him as in the place. Wow, so, like, that's if, really weird. So there's that, and then there's this game where if you look at it just like on paper, a bunch of old ghosts are trying to remake Final Fantasy VII exactly as it used to be, and the, the heroes bravely stop them. Like, <laughs> it's, Wait, that's like, awesome. That's such, such, that way. such, like, thematically, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> 
it, it's I very clear that. that Nomura has some problems working at Square Enix now, but it's I'm I'm in for it. I'm waiting for this wild bullshit ride at this point. Because like, I think Varum Re- Rex. That's the video game. Yeah, Varum Rex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, uh, so, that's great. I think that that's so awesome because I I'm excited for you guys too. Like. <laughs> You know, like I obviously I don't know shit about this franchise or this game or whatever, but I think that if it were just sort of paint by numbers, this is Final Fantasy VII done again, just prettier. Uh, I obviously they added a bunch of shit in between or whatever, but I think that's super exciting for just Final Fantasy fans. Unless people will feel wronged by that. Oh, who knows? The internet. Like yeah. yeah, it's it's the internet. This is going to be one of the most divisive things to ever happen in games. I mean, you mentioned and, Metal Gear Solid too. Like, it, this reminds me of that. The reaction of like people freaking out and clutching their head and be like, "This is not what I wanted." But yeah, like I when I experienced it, I was I was clutching my head too, but in like a holy shit. Yeah, I, me too. I I love it when like really beloved things are like poked and prodded and experimented with, and this is like exactly that kind of bullshit. And I love it too because it's like I I do feel like there's going to be people upset about the the weird crazy kingdom heartsification of this but in my opinion it's the good kingdom heart stuff not the bad stuff that at least so far has yeah. kind of been in this but even if you don't like it like i feel like the the three of you guys can all attest to this like sure the last hour or whatever confused you a little bit but it didn't stop the rest of the game from making sense and it, no, i mean it confused it, me but it also intrigued me to the point of getting off and wanting Good. to call Tim, getting off and wanting to look at oh, Wikipedia, yeah. having this conversation, and the reason I'm looking over it is because I have the Crisis Core review pulled up and <laughs> Sephiroth's wiki page, and it puts it into a place that I am interested, for, not only for the reactions and the conversations, but then what the next game is. You know what I mean? It's Final the same Fantasy way I feel two. with Metal Gear Solid. Like, sure, I, like, it, it's not turning me off at all. I'm yeah. not like, oh, this is fucking dumb, like, confusing stuff. No, it's, like, super good. <laughs> like, the way everything is presented in this game... Uh, towards the end of it uh, is just incredible. Not to mention, if you, it, for somebody it, on the outside like us, it's a leg up, right? Because if it was the exact same game, and now it's going to be two to three to four to seven years or whatever while they work on the next part, and you guys are like, well, I already know what happened, so whatever. I'm more. Yeah. I, it's cool that we're all on the same page now. Oh, totally. And and I think that something that's cool about that is, obviously what I'm about to say is in no reality a possibility, but if this was just the game and there was no Final Fantasy VII before it, it would end, and I don't think people would be like, the fuck, that end sucked. It'd be like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm very intrigued. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's why... I, hold on, Bless has got something to say. He's been trying to get off the, his uh, four-poster bed for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just been kind of... I'm, I'm on both sides of it. Of like When I first finished the game, I was like, all right, the last few chapters kind of lost me, but it wasn't until I talked to you guys. Like I talked to Imran and Tim, and you guys explained it to where I was like, okay, no, that sounds really, really, really cool. I'm really into that. Um, but at first, I was like... Because like, the game is so straightforward for 95% of it. And it makes sense in the theme. Like, thematically, it makes sense. I understand the motivations, all this stuff. But the more and more Sephiroth kind of got involved in things, yeah. the more and more I got fascinated into, like, who his character is. But by the time it ended, I was just like, all right, I know there's going to be another game, but, like, what the fuck was that? Like, what just happened? Yeah, I thought um, it, it, and, it like, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, like, and knowing, knowing the future, it, like... Knowing the context that everything is working in now, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm looking forward to what the next few games are going to be. But it's still one of those things where f- coming from the outside looking in and this being my first my first Final, Final Fantasy VII game, uh, I feel like I'm kind of missing out on quite a bit now, not having played the first, like the original games, where originally coming to the game, I was like, oh, sweet, Final Fantasy VII. I'm going to be able to experience this for the first time freshly. Mm-hmm. 
As uh, but you, you have Imran's hotline where you can just call him whenever <laughs> yeah. and be like, all right, what's changed here? <laughs> like, no, honestly, though, I, I do feel like that is kind of... It wasn't the point of this remake at the end of the day to be the same experience again for you yeah. to experience it the first time. But but the thing there is like did I, I kind feel... of sell it as that though. I know, but what I, that, that's yeah. a whole that's a different conversation. I, I'm not like for I, what... I, I, so yeah, they actually hinted a little bit in the past. Like there was a point where someone asked Nomura, "Hey, would you release the old games like Crisis Core and Dirty Service and all that stuff?" And he gave an answer that now makes a lot more sense of him saying, "Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense now. It's not the same game." And, and nobody and that's, picked up on that. And that's the thing for me, Bless, that I'm trying to say where, like, I, I just feel that it, it's enhanced to us because we do know all these weird fucking things about it. But it's like, I almost feel like it, it isn't a good thing to go out and play Crisis Core now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that you need to do that. Like, sure, maybe watch a clip of yeah. it or something. Just, just like, started it. <laughs> to, to get the like for the feels and shit but that's just more kind of like extra credit homework if you want to know everything yeah. like i feel like this game did a uh, a very intentional job of telling you and showing you what and how it wanted to show you like showing zach was supposed to be a who the fuck is this guy moment you yeah. know and I, I just think that that they knew that the context of this was going to be for people that have played every single final fantasy seven thing that ever existed and people that never have before and I think that they're going to get reactions out of both of those groups in a way that that was the intention. Is that going to make everyone happy? Absolutely not. No. Already, people are fucking pissed about this shit, sure. which I don't understand. This is cool as fuck. I, you mean, say, I think that you know you boiled it down the best way, and I, I agree with you, even though I'm completely on the outside, but I wasn't the other one too. Stick with me. Is that this is the JJ Star Trek thing, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. if you know the history of Star Trek, then you understand why you you get more out of this but if you don't like i didn't when i watched that star trek i was like oh i get it that all right leonard nimoy's there spoilers for star trek <laughs> that leonard nimoy's there they're <laughs> fucking up that timeline and now nothing's the same going forward but like that was cool because again i had a jumping on point if i wanted to go back and look into all the you know all the stuff and understand more i could but i didn't need yeah. to to yeah. enjoy that movie I, I think for me it's just the idea that like the last two chapters of this game had me like I'm not. I, I don't get it, but I'm here for the ride. And yeah. the idea that in- Final Fantasy VII Remake two and three could be could be more so of, all right. I'm just here for the ride at this point. I have no idea what's going on because everything's kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I get that. Really excite me. And one of the things blessing you and I kept talking about in the review in veiled terms, right, was that it, until those like mid-teens chapters, it seemed like okay, I, I'm right there with you and I understand this and I get Avalanche and I get Cloud and whatever. And then when it was, we went to Shinra and suddenly there were like seven bad Shinra dudes and dudettes. And I was like, yeah. I don't understand. Why are we getting complicated? And like, wait a second, where is Seth Roth? I know he's the big deal, but like, he's not even here yet. And then he does show up and it is that little thing and I don't understand, but I'm still into it. I think it's okay. I don't think you, like, I see where you're coming from, Bless, but I see it as just, this is how the game is now. Like, the first mm-hmm. 95% of this remake, with it being like as straightforward as it was, it told a kind of coherent story and like i even though the the future's up in the air i think those games just are going to naturally become the evolution of what the ending of this game was like it's just kind of be it's going to become canon to us and it's going to be our version of final fantasy 7 even though it's clearly not tims and imran's uh yeah but i think that's, that's i mean that's my hope yeah, that's for sure my hope. I just feel like in terms of like I feel like they nailed it for the most part, like 98 percent as far as like we're gonna cater to all the audiences. We're gonna make this a game for Final Fantasy VII fans while also making this a new thing that that anybody can jump into. 
And by the end, I did have to like talk to you guys to kind of get what was going on in a way yeah. where now that it, se- it seems like that stuff is like all the whisper stuff and all the fate stuff seems settled. I'm sure that it'll, it'll probably make some sort of reappearance in the next few games. But for the most part, it seems like now we're at a place where we're fresh again and their their adventures aren't really going to be interrupted that much by the whispers as far as I understand it now. Well, they defeated them, right? Then they feed this them. Is a, this is a really good uh, good moment to actually jump on. Before we do that, I want to talk about our sponsors. He said, "Talk about our sponsors." He cut off on my end. That's what he said. Yeah, me too. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by Hims. Sixty six percent of men start to lose their hair by age thirty five, and once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. Andy Cortez, Nick Scarpino, they both started noticing this stuff, and they're like, "I better do something about it." And Hims is what they did. It's the best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Forhims.com is a one stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have hair. Uh, no snake oil pills or gas. Station counter supplements, uh, prescription solutions backed by science. Forhims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Um, you can just answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Right now, you guys can get started with your first month free. Go to forhims.com slash kinda. That's forhims.com slash kinda. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash Kinda. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash kinda. <laughs> All right, so I think this is a good point to talk about what do we think the next game is going to be? Imran. So that's interesting because now they can just do anything. Like they, I assume they're going to hit all the ma- major beats they have to hit. Like they're going to go to Calm, and Cloud is going to tell his backstory to Sephiroth. How do you spell this place, by the way? Calm, K A L M. Cool. Duh. Uh, cool. <laughs> and then like they'll do the Midgar Zolom stuff. They'll go to Juno. They'll like go to the fort and all like all that those kind of things. They'll hit along the way. But I think like things can start changing. At this point, I don't think Aerith will die. I think maybe you'll have it. Like, maybe it'll be a, an option or a branching path. But I think this just sets up for a way for them to say, no, Aerith is going to survive. And also, I think they're pulling in, like, a Marvel-style thing of a multiverse idea. Because I, I, at this point, I, Cloud could just say on your left and a bunch of clouds from, like, different places when they come to a portal. <laughs> Which is what I thought, not understanding the Zack stuff. And I saw this guy, and I'm like, it's Cloud with dark hair. Are they about to do like this? Cl- the multiverse of clouds is going to come together and fight. The fucking Kingdom Hearts cloud comes out with weight <laughs> and fucking taped oh up God. sword and shit. I no, wanna... I, I feel oh, like the sequel is going to be. Uh, I think even even more than what you're saying, Imran. Where I think it's going to be a greatest hit, almost as a kind of let's get this stuff out of the way and move on. I think it's going to be radically different to the point that we're in the same places. The same things aren't going to happen. And I don't think we're going to go to all the same places. And I also think we're going to go to new places. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the the Final Fantasy VII 2, whatever they end up calling the next one, like, I think it's going to be a sequel to this game. And it is not going to be a remake uh, in any meaningful way to the original. I think there's still some things you have to hit. Like, I think you do need to have that backstory, like that flashback section. Because at the point, this point, we still don't really... Most new players do not know that Cloud is mistaken or has amnesia about that time. They think he was a soldier. 
I think you need to keep that same basic framework, and I think the third or fourth game goes really off the rails. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I guess the, the way I see it is we're still going to get that that framework and that story. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be in the same place, in the same way. I yeah. think the game will find a new way to, in a type of very linear storytelling fashion, like this game, the remake that we just played is, I feel like it's going to be kind of like the Midgarification of the rest of the game. Because for you guys, once you get through what we got in this game, in the original, it opens up. Yeah. It really is kind of Breath of the Wild style. You get off of that uh, initial island, and now it's like, go. Like, you so get run around the entire planet. This is what I wanted. This is where I wanted to take the conversation uh, of, of, like, what was added, what was expanded, what mm-hmm. was removed. Mm-hmm. Like, this, that's all shit I'm super interested in. So Imran, like, was, was anything removed? Let's start there. Because I uh, don't think so. There's a couple of scenes like Honeybee Inn we talked about was like a gay panic scene before and they mm-hmm. they changed that up to like be just a kind of gender as a construct, be who you want to be kind of thing, which is That's more great. aggressive. <laughs> uh, they in the original Red Thirteen so there was a couple of things in the Shira building that were just dumb. Like the you had a to solve the mayor's puzzle, you had to find a couple of books and then take the first letter from every book and it would spell out like a random password, but it was usually like mayor is best. So they changed that to this like puzzle thing now uh they in the original red 13 our hoja was trying to mate red 13 and Aerith. as like you know how you made such a thing like oh we want we want to have her have some children yeah i so, remember that this one are they just kind of say like it'll be a human kid obviously but in the original he, he was trying to put Aerith and red 13 into the same thing and then hmm. red 13 was faking like to throw Hojo off that he was into it. Look at Blessing's face. <laughs> that was his line. He was like, sorry, Sounds I was just scandalous. trying to throw Hojo off. Uh, so that was changed. Sure, he was trying but to throw Hojo off. There was a section in the Shinra building where you get captured that, uh, and then get thrown in prison in Hojo's lab. And when you emerge from that, there's blood all over the floor and everyone is dead. And that's when you find out Sephiroth is like in the building. So they changed that up, and I think that was the one change I think I didn't like. But mm. the rest, I don't think there's any other big removals that I can remember. Greg Miller. My question as an outsider was, how long would this Midgar section and getting off the plateau have taken in the first Final Fantasy? Six hours. Wow. Yeah, five, six hours. Because okay. mm-hmm. yeah, I remember when <laughs> this got announced, right, and it was like, oh, it's going to be episodic, and people were like, we've only seen Midgar, so that's going to be short. And that's when there was all mm-hmm. these confusion and weird takes on it. Yeah, like, there's I mean, a... There- Go ahead. I saw a few. I saw somebody in our comments that said, uh, "Like you know, just uh, there's a lot of negative Nancys, obviously." But uh, one guy was like, uh, "Man, this review for this game is uh, longer than the actual game, or whatever." Like, because there was rumors floating out there that this remake was going to be about ten hours or something like that. And just just to reiterate, like the game is close to forty. It's around thirty to forty, depending on what you do. You know, I'm currently at seventy five. Yeah, that's insane. Question <laughs> for the three new guys here: Like, do you feel like there was significant padding? No, like padding like, on story. Yeah, no. I mean, even like the side quest stuff, right? When they pop up, it's done not awkwardly but differently than most games that try to blend side quests in quietly you know what i mean whereas this is like you go to the page like here are all the side quests and like you have to find them yeah like even that do you feel like they did away with the side quests oh sorry was like, it? even if they did away with the side quests i think it'd be fine yeah I, I didn't find a lot of them to be meaningful there's a couple of moments uh towards the end i feel with some of the vehicular combat 
uh, where new elements just kept getting introduced, and I'd be like, okay, all right, when are we? Okay, <laughs> there's more of this shit, more of this shit, more of this shit. Um, but I mean, nothing super, uh, you know, over the top in terms of padding, though. I didn't really feel at any point like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? I I think like there were some moments of, ah, uh, okay, I could do without this right here, yeah. but. Yeah, I guess that was fun. To me, that's something that's so impressive because they did take a five, six hour experience and turn it into a 35, 40 hour experience. And it's not like they slowed it down. If anything, I think this, move, this game moves quicker than the original did in terms of getting through its story beats. A lot of it has to do with the random encounters the original game had. This one's much more scripted and when you're facing off against enemies. But the new stuff they, they added. So now that we talked about the emissions, like Imran, like what were some of your favorite things that they that they added to this because to so, me jesse's family stuff yeah, was awesome that's, that's not in the game at all it made it makes sense why you as a player and why cloud cares about them after that point because you can even tell by the end of the quest he's like he's having fun with them and he he's not used to that fact that is one of the better ones i think see i in terms of additions wait having fun what what he what? was having fun with avalanche as if like he's going in there causing oh. problems like okay it's yeah. part of jesse's plan because clearly he, he's in it for the money originally, but now he's like, okay, yeah, this is this is a group that I'm kind of enjoying being a part of. Yeah, like there's most a great, of that, there, go for it, Andy. I was going to say there's that great moment towards the end where they're yep. like, uh, we, you know, we, we could use you, Cloud, to rebuild the the bar, or whatever. He's like, you know, as the long as I get right. paid. Yeah, and, the, yeah, and, and the they all laugh, right. and yeah, I was and like, they, fuck. And, <laughs> and then like Cloud smiles. It's like, oh, I love this, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. well done. Dude. That, that entire so chapter earned. essentially was, and the, the earning comes from this chapter new. Like we we didn't get any of the that the the super anime esque fucking motorcycle guy, the boss fight. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> What a great fight. What a great... Mo- I loved all the motorcycle combat. We didn't talk about that in the review. It's fucking best road rash there's been in years. That was, <laughs> that was all new. And then going to Jesse's house. And I feel like all of that, as close as it was in the pacing of how we played the game, it, that to me was like, wow, this game's... This is fucking good. Like, this is a, a new take on this that, like, this feels like a new game to me. I have not experienced this before, and I'm still enjoying it. And Upon it's like, my- up to the quality of that stuff. After my replay of it, I actually ended up really appreciating the lab a lot more. So, like, that's a completely new addition. The The lab underneath Sector 7 was mm. not in the original game. At the first time I went through it, I was like, this feels like filler. This feels like they were just delaying time. But then I played through the game, and I was like, oh, wait. Sector 7 has a lot of really weird enemies that don't make any sense through the entire game. Like, and they even comment on it, like, yeah, where's this weird dog from? It's like, oh, it just showed up today and started hurting people. And then it makes sense, oh, there's a lab underneath the, the city, and that's where it's all from. That's why it makes sense they need to go after Aerith, because in the original game, it was, she made the choice to actually go there. Why Cloud and Barrett and all them pursued is like, because that's video games, that's what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one, it made total sense of, oh, they pursued her because they know Hojo does fucked up things. Yeah. So now they have proof of it, and they're going to go actually go get her. Yeah, I thought the the Aerith and Mom stuff was really good too. Like mm-hmm. the that was kind of in the original game, but I feel like they expanded it so much in this, where it gave backstory in a way that I'm like, it, it backs up kind of what you were saying, Imran. Of like, we need to fucking save her. And and I liked how the mom was kind of like, Cloud, you need to leave now. Like you you need to not be a part of this stuff. Yeah, like, like leave. Her mom's and like, you, you feel that as a fucking character where you're just like, oh man, like fuck. And I love the cloud said fuck that shit, and they all went back. But then the mom totally like gives the story and stuff, and it's like 
you say she sucks, Greg. Like, do you think that she sucks just like you don't like her decisions? I didn't like how short she was to Cloud. I understand why, and I forgave her for it. But then when she was short to Barrett, that's when I was like, you get the fuck out of here, lady. Because when he, he runs in that house and he's like looking for his daughter, and it, it turns out Marlene is there, and he's like, Marlene. She's like, she's sleeping. I'm like, motherfucker, I got a gun, and she's my daughter, and I thought she was dead. So I'm going to wake her up. She can go back yeah, to if, bed. Yeah, but if a 300-pound guy like comes into your house and starts screaming at you, where the hell is she? You you probably a little bit gone, but it's but then just like once it's it's all clarified that I'm the father and I go upstairs like she's sleeping like fuck you I'm waking her up she's getting woken well, up right I, now. I, well, okay, also well, they just took Aerith away for, I'm gonna go for her. Quick. So another another I mean kind of like uh, um, mirroring on this moment moments before this where oh. Barrett is like spilling his soul and yeah. crying and yeah. sad that every all of his friends are dying especially his daughter. And it's so sad. And Cloud takes two weeks to be like, hey, she's alive, man. Aerith got her. Like, I don't, why did he take, like, obviously well, we need yeah, an emotional he, moment, but he took so long to tell her that she's safe. He also didn't know. Yeah, he didn't like, know, right? keeps asking her, asking him, like, are you sure she's there? He's like, she might be. I yeah, think she could be. We sent Aerith for her, but we're not sure if that actually worked out. No, yeah, out yeah. I, I understand that he wasn't a thousand percent confident that she was safe. Yeah. But why did he take so long to be like, hey, I sent Aerith to go get her. Like, you know, hopefully she's safe. Like, they actually they do have an exchange about it where Barrett says, just tell me she's okay. And Cloud says, I can't. And like Barrett says, I won't do anything. I won't be mad. Yeah, he says it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I probably would kill you. He was a, actually, yeah, who am I kidding? I'd you. probably beat your ass or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. Like, that's, that's so well done of like, usually we have these conversations and it is like, I don't know. I guess you leave it up to, like, they actually explained that, right? They actually talked yeah. about that. The question I have that I need explanation on, and it's a change is that I adored Hell House coming out and fighting me at the end of the Coliseum. I thought that was some of the funniest shit. When he sucked me in the first time through the front door, I was laughing. And Jen's like, what? I'm like, I'm fighting a house. And it just sucked me in. And it's like, when, eventually that came up when we were talking about the game. And you guys said Hell House is old and a reference, but not the same. Like, what, what is Hell House's story? What was Hell House? It was House just and- a random enemy that you found in the collapsed highway. Okay. That was it. It was, it was just a funny enemy that, like, people have... I guess memed a little bit over the years because, like, hey, it's a hell, it's a giant walking house. That's hilarious. I'm but glad you like, enjoyed it, Greg. I was pissed off in that fucking fight. <laughs> you know, Get that good, fight huh? Can I tell you, hard dude. that hard mode fight. They add so many things that it's like it took me a good four, four or five tries. I was so mad. He just spits out. <laughs> I love berries. that fight. Yeah. The, the, the whole the, the whole getting sucked in part get towards the end. Mm-hmm. I but I can't fucking avoid this move, dude. Like I was like yelling at my TV, and the worst part is. It takes 30 minutes or some bullshit, and then I died at the very, very end. I was like, I have to redo all this fucking bullshit. Yeah. The boss fights are all very, very long. That's probably my biggest complaint about them is that they are extremely long, so if you do die at the end, there's a lot to get back through. Usually I did it a bit faster the second time, but it's still a significant time investment. Right. Hell Hell House was, I think, the most difficult boss uh, for me in the game. Yeah, where it's just like there's it took forever for me and uh, I beat it. It, was, it took my second try, but um, it, it definitely was like a fuck. This is hard. I don't really I felt like I never clicked with like, what's the strategy that I'm supposed to be doing here mm-hmm. to not get sucked in and to not deal with it. I only figured out hard mode. Is it like he can't suck you in if you're on the side or behind him? Oh, mm-hmm. OK. Um, th- that that boss fight was really challenging as well as the, for me, as well as the. Unknown species giant boss guy. Mm. The one Tifa and Barrett fight? Yes. Okay, um, yeah. It can be tough. Where I... That was a, a very similar situation to Hell House where 
I died in the last minute of the fight just by like a dumb fucking move. It was my fault. Like I just didn't see this one move coming and both of my both Tifa and Barrett were stunned and then he dropped down boom and they died and I like about threw my controller on the fucking ground. I was like god this fight's been mm-hmm. going on for so long and I have to redo all of it. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. The the Hell House to me was such a fucking fun moment where yeah. The whole Coliseum stuff, like I loved the presentation of it. I loved the commentators and just like the way they built it into the story. I felt it moved quickly and also reintroduced the victory theme and the the fun music that plays and after. The poses like, are all the same. The poses were the same, spinning the sword and all that, and like the Tifa stretching and stuff. Like got such great like fan service stuff. But for it to end with Hell House, like they were building it up, and I I totally expected it to be Bahamut or some like. A summon, something that's like, oh, familiar, cool, I get where this is going. When that fucking house came out, I was just like, they get it, man. Like, this yeah. is so fucking cool and hilarious. And it, it to the credit of this game, they give context to the weird, wacky shit. Why is there monsters? We know why. Why is there car enemies? We know why. Why is the fucking house <laughs> a boss? It makes sense in this fucking world. I, I love that stuff. You man. mentioned the commentary. And the com- commentary is like, there's surprising amount. I've done that boss fight so many times. They have commentary for if you get sucked in, if you get sucked in and survive, if you get sucked in and die. There's three different lines they have for that sort of thing. So they can, like, anytime Aerith goes to a limit, they have, like, not, not only a different dialogue for it, but different reads of the same dialogue. That's it's awesome. ridiculous how much stuff there is. Can we talk about that ghost chapter? Yeah. That is, that's yeah. one that where, like, if we talk about padding, right? Like, that's the one chapter where I was like, this doesn't really fit into anything, but I still love this chapter. Like it was probably one of my favorite chapters of the game. Um, <laughs> Creepy ass kids writing another, shit on the wall. That that's also another Final Fantasy X connection. <laughs> Wait, really? Uh, <laughs> as you like crawl through the trains, you see like the spirits going around, and they look like the spirits from Final Fantasy X. And then that explains why they're there and why they're like people taking the forms. It, yeah, it's not a like hard connection, but it's one of those. I love it. Looked at it I, like. That I looks- want seven and ten to connect so bad. I love everything, about- dude. Can there was about maybe a third through this game where I was just like, one day we might get ten in this style. I fucking would <laughs> die, dude. But yeah, bless this ghost chapter. Uh, it it was weird and like it's another one of those things where it was in the original game. Like it was they, two screens in the original this, game. This could really? have been cut for sure, and they they did it. They committed to having it, and it's like I know that just remaking Midgar kind of like. If they were to admit things, people would fucking lose their minds. But uh, this was a more bizarre thing, even in the original game. But yeah. they they stuck to it, and I feel really ramped up the bizarreness of it all. So, like, the ghost graveyard in the original game was mostly notable because there's one screen in which you can fight Elagor, who ended up being the boss in the remake. But Elagor is important because you steal Eris, like, one of her best weapons from him. So the fact that they just took they they realized he was fate or infamous because people would run around that screen for you know 15, 20 minutes, th- half an hour to try and just spawn him, and they're like, no, just fuck it, just make him a boss, and just it'll say on the assess screen like absolutely like steal his thing, make sure you come with steel materia, steal his item because he has Aeris weapon like there. That's mm-hmm. it shows to me that they they not only know Final Fantasy VII, they know how people react to Final Fantasy VII. It's cool shit, man. I love that chapter. <laughs> what, what, what was up with the people with the numbers on their, like, tattooed on their arms? So, basically, a lot of those people are, like, they're Sephiroth clones. What's the word I want to use? Fanboys, I guess? Oh, like, people who like have been followers? infected. People have been infected by Genova, basically. 
and they are trying to br- like do certain things to bring about uh, the reunion. Reunion, yes. Such a cool, such a cool name, Genova. Do you? Okay, <laughs> so you guys haven't played Final Fantasy VII. Are you familiar with the line "This guy are sick"? No. no. Okay, that is one of the more infamous localization things. And I was, you see that guy in chapter seven or eight, and it kind of disappointed me they didn't actually use the line at all. <laughs> that would have been great. It's like a little nod to it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But all yeah, your base like, or belong to us. <laughs> basically, like it's it's people who are who are have kind of Mako sickness plus Genova is controlling them, which kind of connects to Cloud as well because he's in a similar boat. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, it's weird shit. Like Advent Children, uh, I recently rewatched it, and I still don't fully understand it, Imran. It's a weird fucking movie, man. It is. Um, but like that kind of also deals with a lot of the weird Genova things and bringing Sephiroth back. So that's kind of like a, a theory I'm seeing on the internet a lot of the Sephiroth we see in this game at the end is a Sephiroth from Advent Children. I don't know. It's not clear. I assume it's a Sephiroth from the future, but to what extent, it's hard to say. Yeah. Oh, speaking of connecting things, so like one of the parts of the lore of Final Fantasy VII is Genova, that thing you saw in Hodo's lab, uh, crashed down to Earth in ancient times and created a crater. If you read the uh, description, the assessment description for Shiva, it talks about how in ancient lore she once healed the Earth from dying by creating a polar like ice cap over like a crater. Basically, they're saying in the lore that Shiva healed the fact that when Genova crashed, she was going to destroy the Earth, and Shiva ended up healing that. So when you do end up going there in Five Hundred Seven, the original game, why it's all covered in it's ice frozen is totally over. explained. Yeah. Holy shit, that's fucking cool as hell. <laughs> How do you spell Shiva's name? S H I V A. Yeah, but she's also like a Hindu goddess, so yeah. like it might yeah. be hard to Google for that. Dude, whoa, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love reading all the assessment stuff just to get like those extra little bits of lore. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any, was there anything questioning as you were playing through it? Um, I mean, I feel like any questions I had, I just sort of attributed to weird anime <laughs> Japanese <laughs> game shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really... There was nothing really that had me questioning stuff until the very, very end. Yeah, I feel like everything was pretty straightforward, though, from for a good majority of it. Yeah, yeah. I, like, my main question was, like, the the uh, Genova tattoo guys, but I think that's more so of a thing that I'll learn more. I, it will get explained. Like, yeah, I was going to say, that's something that was probably... That's probably going to get explained in the next few games. Yeah, a bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah, Genova. Yeah. Genova's always been a weird thing to me. Where I've never, I've never loved her design. Like, She's just a weird headless lady with like they removed the eyes from the boobs, oh. which is the weirdest part of her design before. Wait, they did yeah. what to her? What? So the original <laughs> design was like she's just a torso of a woman, and mm-hmm. like on her like left breast, she just had a big eye, like a resting oh. monster. Yeah, I I will say I liked this design best of any time we've ever seen with, her. But yeah, with the skull and all that, it was it was really cool actually. Like that boss fight caught me off guard because that didn't happen originally. Yeah. You know, oh shit! And the finally. music, oh my god, the fucking Genova music is so iconic and so good. And when it plays in this, it is just it's just pure hype. Where you're just like, and that's true for all the damn music in this game. But like yes. every single time they're playing stuff, I'm like, this is so rad. Like how so are they that, nailing it this hard? 
that is a question I have. Is so you are fighting Genova in that in that uh? It's still illusion. Okay, it's an illusion, but it's not. It's not actually her. Yes. Like you Sephiroth kind of transports you there, right? Like to this weird dream area or whatever the fuck. One of the reunion people do that's pretending to be Sephiroth, but yes. It it'll get explained. It'll be explained. See, here's here's my thing. So reunion people can pretend to be Sephiroth. Is they that what's Genova. happening until you get to the portal? So basically, Genova is controlling all of them, and Genova has powers. That's what. Is, why is what is Genova's motivation to come back alive? Bring back reunion, or to come. All right. well, reunion is essentially like bringing her back. Yeah, like that's what they're all trying to do. Th- the think about Gen- Genova as basically Lavos, and she is controlling lots of things to eventually have an agenda. Okay. I like, that the, I like the fighting no. system in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I had a question. For, was great. I had a question for all of you. Do you think Square Enix should have been more upfront about what this game was, or do you think it worked better as a twist? It needs to be a twist. I, I think, think it works best as a twist. twist yeah. I, yeah. I'm on two sides of it. Because I was, I was more so looking forward to this game as a retelling of Final Fantasy VII as somebody who didn't play Final Fantasy VII, but I do think also for them to pull off what they're pulling off in this game, then also it does have to be a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can't really... It's, it's, it's the Metal Gear Solid 2 thing where like the whole Raiden twist works because they didn't tell anybody and because the whole thing... The, the themes of Metal Gear Solid 2 are misinformation and all that stuff. Um, and so like when they when you have that Raiden twist, I understand why people are... Why people would be mad at it, but I also understand why it needed to happen that way and why that's the dopest thing about that game. And for this game, I'm like, I understand why... Well, I understand why this is the dopest thing about about this game. Why the twist and why uh, the the fate and and defeating fate and getting rid of the timeline is the dopest thing about this game. Uh, but at so the same cool. time, I'm like, man, I, yeah, I like I I don't fault anybody who comes to this game and, and comes out of it a bit thrown off or disappointed. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm a fanboy on the side of loving the end of this and like this is this is kind of like best case scenario for me. Like, I think this is great. I know that a lot of people are going to disagree, but my kind of argument to that is then I feel like after you play this game and you get to the end of it, if you want to know what originally happened, that's what the original game is for. Like, I feel like the conversation now is going to be so much more interesting the next couple years of talking about what this game can be. Every time we get a piece of new media and stuff, we're going to have people that have never played the originals before at all and are just watching the trailers, like, intrigued at it being a sequel. Then there's going to be the people that know it all that are watching it like, Oh my God, they're changing this. They're not changing that. What's this mean? All that stuff. That's such a more interesting conversation than what would have just been, when's the second game going to end? Yeah. yeah. You know? And I, and I feel like to me, it's like, this is a perfect time where there's so many people that are fucking hyped up on Mountain Dew right now about Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> where it's like, sure, you might not have ever played the original before, but you got two years now, three years, four years, whatever the fuck so it should, is. Should I play the original Final Fantasy VII? I mean, because every time I ask, people say no. If you but play it, it on, like, like, I should. I think things have changed now. Blessing's it's, only asking me though. <laughs> like it's it's easier to play these days because of like the like in game cheat functions on like Switch and all that. Like you can just make it so yeah, I don't lose any HP or yeah, I always mm-hmm. do heavy damage. And if you just want to see the story, it's not going to be a huge time investment. And I do think that like that's it's brilliant marketing on Square's part for for that like Final Fantasy VII original is going to sell a shit ton of new copies. Oh yeah, it already has because of this. And I think that that is kind of best case scenario for fans of all this stuff. Where like I I think 
and again, this is something where like my fanboy is showing where it's like the first part of Final Fantasy VII is my favorite part of Final Fantasy VII. So to me, this is best case scenario where I think that what happens afterwards, there's a lot of really great stuff. There's also a lot more fillery type stuff and a lot more old school JRPG like weirdness that I didn't ever absolutely vibe with that I think that we might now get a Final Fantasy VII part two, second part of this game, whatever it is that I actually enjoy more than the original. Because I enjoy this more than the original already. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I assume you're gonna, they're going to keep basic things like the huge Materia quests, and, like the Tiny Bronco, and mm-hmm. Golden Saucer is a must. Like, if, that, yeah, if totally. that's not in the next game, I will be shocked. Yeah. It's going to be fun as hell, too. But yeah, Bless, like, I, I think that uh, it's, it's kind of on you of, like, how itching are you to find out more about this world and, and know the answer to this stuff because like i don't think that there's that much expanded lore you need to look into to be as caught up as we are like i really feel like it's playing through final fantasy 7 even if you do the cheat codes and speed through it and you know uh speed up the random encounters and all that stuff and then watch watch a video that's the end of crisis core <laughs> and then you're caught up mm-hmm. gotcha we'll see i at, before this game came out i was i was of the mind that i'm gonna not play Final Fantasy 7 because I don't want to spoil this game, but it seems like that's not really a, a case anymore. And so I'm yeah. like, I might jump yeah. into it. We'll see. Like, even earlier when Tim is like, all right, spoilers for the whole game of Final Fantasy 7, I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I don't really know if I want to know this, but it's <laughs> a lot of so that's cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's cool stuff, man. Uh, any any closing thoughts here, guys? Uh, I am more excited awesome. about the second game now than I would have been if it were just a straight remake. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I yeah. Somebody who doesn't know anything about it, like I'm totally stoked for the next one. And I think <laughs> As you someone who's been zoning out for the last two hours, <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed the listening. It's just googling what the fuck anybody's yeah, talking about. Me, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I saw you doing it too, looking over like, what? How do I? I was like, how do I spell I, calm? I, I never unlocked Shiva. Guys, <laughs> like, I don't even know who the fuck that is, man. Hundred percent, I'm right there with you, Andy. <laughs> That's man. You guys should go back and do fucking Shiva. Like that Shiva's the first summon you get from uh, doing the battle intel stuff with Chadley. Mm-hmm. So like when you talk to Chadley, he like assigns you like assess His this many people. Sucks, His name sucks. He sucks. Whatever. But uh, Chadley. uh, like assess this many people or stagger this many different types of enemies or whatever. You've done it naturally just playing the game. So if you go back and just talk to him, it, it should just like unlock a bunch of stuff. And once you do a couple of them, he'll be like, oh, I did a new VR thing. And like you can do these optional challenges where you face off against um, summons. And I think they're some of the best fights in the game. Yeah, was mm-hmm. as height as fuck, and you you face off against it. It's really, really, really cool. Do you ever talk to Chadley when you have the dress on? I did not. He has like he kind of freaks out. It has like this very like uh uh, and then like I'm having an emotional response thing. It just stops talking to you. He got a boner. He basically yeah. He's a I like yeah. it. <laughs> You'll love to see it. You'll love uh, to see, see it. The, here's what I want to know: When do they talk about the sequel? I. I would bet under normal circumstances, they would probably, like, make a reveal by the end of this year. Uh-huh. It's harder to say now, because, like, who knows if they're, if it's currently in active development or what active development really means. But I bet their initial plans are probably to have a sequel ready by end of 2021, early 2022. End of 2021? Oh, my God. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> well, who knows at this point? Like, uh I don't know when video games are going to start coming out. Yeah, again. Exactly, exactly. Like it's just it's just so obvious that this game t- 
took so goddamn long to make not just because <laughs> but like but not just because of like mismanagement you know i think that's where we always sort of lean to like uh all right sure it's coming out this day but like when you look at the actual when you play the, the actual game it's like oh yeah i get it like i totally understand why you know i can well, really believe the... they were they spent like two years just polishing that game like at least a year yeah the funniest thing about it is like thinking back to okay this game was revealed in 2015 and it like imran if you rewatch that original trailer mm -hmm. like i'll never forget when they were first showing it like fans knew it's final fantasy 7 like there was you see the park you see the little like playground thing it's like you fucking know but they shot that entire trailer or not shot but you know what i mean yeah um they made that entire trailer to it was long it was like three minutes long and they built it so that people weren't supposed to be sure it was final fantasy 7 and even more than that not supposed to be sure it was a remake until the, the final shot where you see barrett and cloud walking and it says remake to spell it out for everybody and it's like even back then it was like what are they doing with this because they're definitely changing stuff and i think that now beating this game i rewatched the trailer after it contextually makes a lot more sense for what they were they were straight up telling us what this game's going to be yeah a long time ago like they and dropped a little hint, cool like, a year ago they made that trailer that showed the first whisper and it was like what the hell is that what are they doing and i made some sort of joke on twitter that was like what if they make it so the whispers are changing everything and this is a different game entirely and Here we are. It turned out to be completely right, but sure. Yeah, man, it's that. That's just it's fucking crazy. But remember, so that trailer happened, and then there was like very little heard about it until a couple months later at PSX, and they showed mm -hmm. another trailer that had gameplay, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, what the fuck? Like this game is real and it's actually happening. But then everything went to hell, and it's like, okay, it's episodic. CyberConnect's working on it. Oh, we got some D teams working on this. This game's going to be fucking shit. And it's like, how did all that happen? And then we end up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's a Cinderella fate. story for sure. Fate, man. <laughs> it's fate. <laughs> it's fate. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast Final Fantasy VII spoiler cast. Very excited that we got to do this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy the game. Let us know in the comments below what you think about the end. Uh, and if you are on team, this is fucking awesome. Or if you're on team, I hate this. Why would you ever do this? Um, either way, I appreciate you. I love you guys. Thank you very much. And until next week, keep doing your damn thing.